Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. thinking about because we've been going through this uh, inner healing, which has been really awesome. That's what I do. I've been involved in inner healing ministry since 91. When that, uh, Mary was there, right? When the Lord just taught us how to do. And here's how he taught us how to do inner healing ministry. He threw us in. Like you teach somebody to swim and you throw them in the deep water. That's exactly what he did with us. You want to learn how? Do it. So uh, we learned that way, made a lot of mistakes. Surprised we didn't go to jail for some of the stuff we did. But, it's, but just reminded me, too, about uh, the book of Joshua. Uh, a few of you guys I see in here was part of their Bible study where it, um, we went through the book of Joshua. Great, you know, everything in the Old Testament points toward the cross. Everything in the New Testament points back to the cross. Just a great book. It's kind of parallel to the book of Ephesians uh, in the New Testament. And there's just so much. And... And um, this statement that I heard one time about possessing your possessions, right? So the book of Joshua is about people, you know, it's not about getting saved. That's kind of getting saved is like uh, when uh, Israelites came out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea. That was called the baptism. They got saved, right? And they wandered around in the wilderness. It was only supposed to take them like 11 days. And they ended up wandering around for 40 years. So... Sadly, most believers live their lives wandering around in the wilderness. Okay? Just dry, nothing, right? nothing grows in the desert. The Lord did lead them. He was faithful to them there. But there's just so much more. right? So Joshua was about them, them coming into the promised land, crossing over the Jordan, and possessing what was theirs, possessing your possession. And to do that, it requires action, right? And so they had to, to possess some of that, they had to dispossess the enemy that was already defeated. God told them several places through Deuteronomy, I've already given it to you, right? Joshua chapter 1, every place the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. And so they come, and they come to this, this really cool thing happens when they're fixing across the Jordan. Uh, the priests go before them, they, they step in it, uh, the water just you know, move back, kind of like the Red Sea. They're standing there with the Ark of the Covenant. But here's a cool thing. The waters heap up and go back to this place called Adam, right? There's just so much in that. The finished work of Christ. You probably hear Bob say that word, tetelestai, a lot, right? And it does mean uh, done, completed. It's an accounting term. He uses that a lot. It's, it's, It's paid in full, but that's just kind of the open door to Tetelestai, right? There's just so much more that Jesus did, the finished work on the cross that's yours and mine that we need to possess. But going back to Adam is so important because the blood of Jesus cleanses us all the way back to Adam. See? Jesus came to restore what man lost, what Adam lost, okay? He, didn't, he came to save us from our sins, yeah, get us into heaven, but he came to restore uh, what's normal, right? So when we're going through that part about uh, our family lines and cleansing it, 
that's a pretty good place to start, right? The finished work of the cross take you all the way back there. And so that's normal. What does normal look like? Today we're in a, a world, in a society that um, there's no normal, right? If you don't have some kind of standard, you have nothing to judge normal by. So normal is God's creation. Adam, Eve, he, he breathed into them the breath of life, which means he breathed into them the Holy Spirit. And that's how man was supposed to live. Man, full of the presence, full of the Spirit of God, then becomes fully alive. And so that's what's happening to us uh, on a daily basis or when you go through something called inner healing is to just to possess all of that, to get you back to normal, right? So part of this normal I want to talk about today is about, uh, oh, I think I'll go here. We'll go with um, the thing that really helped change my life. And, and, I, and I use these verses probably more than anything in just biblical counseling. So talk about Jesus going into the wilderness, right? First thing, after the baptism of Christ, um, he went to the Jordan, right? And the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus and filled him, right? One thing to know is that uh, about Jesus when he went into the wilderness, right? He didn't go in there as God, okay? Jesus went into the wilderness as man, right? Full of the presence of God. So the first thing that happened to him in the Jordan, he came and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? As, as the second Adam, right? This is normal. God's Spirit now dwelled in him. Jesus laid aside that. It's called kenosis, where he laid aside all his rights as God and became man on our behalf to show man how he was supposed to live. So Jesus came up out uh, of the Jordan, full of the Holy Spirit, and the very first thing that happens to him this says the Spirit impelled him or led him into the wilderness for 40 days to pick a fight with the devil. Okay? And this is in Matthew. I'll just read a few. Things. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is in Mark chapter 1, the next one. I like this one. Then the voice came out of heaven when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. You are my beloved son and you I'm well pleased. And it said immediately the Spirit impelled him, directed him to go into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with a wild beast and angels were ministering to him. So for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was bombarded. He was tempted, right? It wasn't just those three times we read about in Scripture. This went on for 40 days and 40 nights. He allowed himself to be tempted. The one in Luke, real similar, but I really like this one. Luke 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around the whole time 
by the Spirit, or that word means he was under the power of the Spirit the whole time that he was led around in the wilderness. Okay? How did Jesus fight him? With the power of the Spirit, but the Father fighting through him. Right? Book of John, if you read through that, you know, Jesus said, I do nothing on my own initiative, but whatever I hear, I speak. Right? I only do what the Father's doing, and it's actually the Father's works working through me. Right? So Jesus went there, pick a fight, but he didn't do it on his own power. He did it under the power of the Holy Spirit for 40 days. So everything that was thrown his way, he relied on another to do it through him, to fight through him, all right? And he won. So when you think about that temptation, you know, think about it in this way. Every single thing that you battle as a believer, everything, right? When, when we think of tempted, like I'm tempted to lie or to steal or or sexual, yeah, all of that too, but I'm talking about everything. Anything that's not normal, anxiety, worry, depression, stress, just anything you can possibly name, Jesus faced that, right? As man, he allowed himself to be tempted. So everything that Satan had in his arsenal, he threw at him, Right? There's a reason for that, too, when we'll read it in a minute, because it really will, as it did me, it'll give you a lot of encouragement, okay? So, knowing that, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. How long do I have? I don't want to go over my, my time. Another hour? Okay, good. Two hours, good. Good. And this was a real life-changing encounter with me uh, in my, my walk with the Lord, right? Because when I used to get hit with all these kind of thoughts and things, uh, even if um, one we talked about, maybe, maybe you're feeling like uh, your first love has been attacked, or maybe you deal with uh, you're kind of apathetic in your walk with the Lord, okay? Jesus was tempted with that same thing, too. Right? Or I just feel, Bob and I was talking about that blah the other day. Or you just feel kind of blah in your relationship with God. Jesus was hit with that too. Right? So in the book of Hebrews, I'll probably use these two in chapter 2 and chapter 4. I'll use these passages probably more than any in counseling. And this is 2, Hebrews chapter 2 starting in verse 14. So therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, also partook of the same, became flesh and blood, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power over death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels. He gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, 
Jesus had to be made like his brethren in all things, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. It's really important verse, verse 18. For since he himself was tempted in that which he suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted, right? Jesus made like us, flesh and blood, and uh, again, tempted with everything, so that he could feel what we feel, so that he would understand. Being a merciful and faithful high priest, when uh, you and I get hit with stuff, he's not condemning us. He has compassion on that, right? Always understand, Jesus is not repulsed by your sin. He's drawn to it. Merciful. This is in chapter 4. And I love this because this is talking about entering into the rest of God. All right, Hebrews 4, 10. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall, following through the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have. Now he's been talking about, uh, it's a ton of scripture, I didn't want to read all that. He was talking about entering into God's rest, right? When you and I enter into God's rest, it doesn't mean we just stop everything, we just lay down, right? But we're entering into a place where inwardly I'm at rest, where it's no longer my activity, but it's his activity through me. That's the rest of God. Wouldn't you like that? I mean, wouldn't you like to just inwardly uh, experience peace and rest in everything that you have to do in your daily life? Right? I would. But listen to this. Again, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. And that word sympathize is just a, it's a deep word for just, I mean, just deep gut feelings, right? But one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. In other words, he never gave into it. Therefore, let us draw near with total confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive his mercy and may find grace to help in our time of need, okay? He's given us a picture of how to enter into God's rest, right? That we receive mercy and grace. Uh, so when I'm tempted with no matter what, or I'm hit with whatever, all right, he comes to my aid. Now, he doesn't come to my aid to cheer me on, like, you can do it. You know, he's not standing on the sideline. He actually comes 
to face it through you. Right? So if I'm hit with uh, just, just discouragement or I wake up despair, I wake up, you know, feeling depressed, okay? That's not normal. All right? So Jesus doesn't want me just trying to fight this and go to my, you know, get my uh, devotional book out or open my Bible, right? He's ready to face that through you. He's ready to enter that thought that you're having and defeat it. Because as we learn how to do that, you know, uh, Scripture talks about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, what does that really mean, right? It means you're taking every thought to the cross. You're, ev you're taking every thought to a place where he's defeated it already. That's what it means to take every thought captive. So as I'm, I'm facing this thing, no matter what it may be, going through the day, just being tempted with anger or, you know, lust or whatever, again, Jesus is not there to cheer me on to help me. He's there to actually face it through me. He's not repulsed by it. You've got to understand that. I, I'm receiving his mercy. And when I receive his grace, that word grace is, uh, has a face of Jesus. Grace is the power of God that he releases in your life. That's what brings you into rest more than anything else. And I remember uh, when this kind of a light kind of came on in my, in my spirit, one day I would just, I used to work with FedEx and I would drive these long routes, you know, and just be battling thoughts all day, you know, just, and I pulled, my, pulled the truck over and opened my Bible and read it, but it was just bombarding. And I remember one day I was just, I got home and I was just on the couch. I was like, Lord, man, this is just, this is an overload here. Because what I would do is when I would have a, a bad thought, no matter what it was, I would just say, oh, Lord, forgive me for that thought. So it kind of came to me almost in an audible voice and said, um, Craig, you don't need forgiveness. You have that. You need help. You need my help. And y'all, it was like, you know, it was like this epiphany, like, yeah, yeah. And he said, he showed me like this boxing ring. So if the enemy can drag you into this boxing ring, this is, this is what he does, and you're fighting against this, he'll beat you every time. He'll wear you down. That's how he does. But if you let me step into this, I'll defeat him every time. So I started this practice of, of every time these thoughts would come, I would say, uh, Jesus, you're on. Jesus, you face this. There were just several different words I had with him. One was out of Song of Solomon, chapter 8, the very last verse, would say, come, my beloved, face this. And when I used to be just, oh, forgive me for that thought. How could you have that thought? You know, you're a believer. How can you have that, you know, anger and all that kind of stuff? I would start like, yeah, come on, you know. Whatever thought would come my way, like, Jesus, come, you know. Face that. And it would be amazing how it would begin to just dissolve. Right? Because I have the mind of Christ. 
only thing about the mind of Christ is transforming our minds is um, start thinking like he thinks. Start letting him, and y'all, I want you to, I wanted to go further with you guys, right? I'm going to go through the things that we all struggle with daily, right? And um, with, even this coronavirus, there's just been like this fear culture created, right? To run by fear. Well, say fear is your thing. You have fearful thoughts, all right? Instead of just trying to kick them out of your mind or quoting a scripture, why don't you let start practicing and let Jesus come and take that thought? Lord, step into this fearful thought. Lord, you face it through me. Give me your grace, right? And give me your mercy. The mercy means that he's not condemning you for the thought, right? Thoughts are like birds that fly over your head. You can't do anything about that, right? But you can do something about whether that thought lights on you or not. And that's appropriating his presence. Appropriating what Jesus did on the cross for you to defeat that, to face that through you, right? That's, that's what it means part of you possess your possession, you possess by dispossessing that thought and possess his thought, his victory over that, right? And maybe you have something within you that you're, you have these thoughts that bring such shame to you that you wouldn't tell anybody about, right? Remember, I just read a verse that all things are open and laid bare to him. He already knows it. Bring it out to the light. He already knows it. Okay? He's merciful and faithful. He, he's not going to condemn you for that. He wants to, he wants to get rid of that for you. He wants to heal that shame. Right? Jesus hates shame. Hebrews 12 said he despises shame. Because that's one of the first things that man felt when when he when he sinned and ran, he felt fear and shame. Shame does no good for you, right? Shame and condemnation just spiral you down, right? So maybe, maybe you've been, or something happened to you, or you've been through, no matter what, right? Don't let it stay with you another minute. Don't let your mind be filled with just anxiety all day. Let him come. Learn to practice his presence. You're going to learn to put it in your own words, but the same thing is happening. Jesus is coming into that thought with you, and he's going to walk that thought with you. And you'll be amazed the victory that you'll walk, start walking in. Right? A process. I'm now... Uh, there's thoughts being revealed in my life now that I've been entertaining for a long time that uh, I really didn't know that was there, right? It's like, uh, catch the small foxes for us in the Song of Solomon that are running in the vineyard. 
So there's just always a process. So grace, wherever you are, grace and peace. Remember, the throne of God is a throne of mercy and it's a throne of grace. The power, the activity of God, his affection for you, his acceptance of you, right? Or you may have thoughts of just um, God not liking you. You ever had those? That he loves you, but he just doesn't really like you? Right? He wants to get rid of that. So Jesus, take that thought. That's not from you. Step into that thought of you not liking me. And your grace not only will take that thought away, but your grace will just begin to just pour such acceptance in me like I've never known before. Because that's part of what the grace of God is too, right? His affection for you, his acceptance of you. So I don't have to walk around feeling rejected all the time. All right. We'll kind of stop there. We could just go on and on, but I think you're getting the, the kind of the gist of what I'm saying, right? You've got another living within you who is not ashamed of you. And he wants to do it really bad. Right? He wants to take that and defeat it for you. Amen? Well, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com. Dot com.